Let's look at John chapter 3, 1 through 7. Amen. Amen. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Amen. Precious Lord, thank you for the command. Thank you for the exhortation. Thank you for explaining to us clearly how to get to heaven. Now, Father, we ask that you speak to us about what it means to be born again. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What so many, so many things jump out in passages like this. And 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 you have the one thing you have to remember is that Jesus wasn't talking to a peon. Jesus wasn't talking to the everyday guy. Jesus was talking to the most powerful man in all of Israel. He was talking to the ruler of the Jews. He was talking to what we could call today a boss man, okay? He was talking to someone who who is used to giving out instructions. And Jesus gives him what what I titled this message, the greatest command. When we talk about all the commands, the 10 to 1,050 commands in the Bible, this one here is the greatest command. Why is it the greatest command? Because Jesus says, marvel not that I say it unto you, thee, verse 7, you must be born again. And if Jesus says, you must be born again to go to heaven, I, it just behooves me to know what it means to be born again. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't need to really go no farther. You can talk about the, all the Old Testament and all the books of the New Testament. If, you, if I don't understand what it means to go to heaven, I got, I, got, I got some problems. I got some problems. But Jesus said, you must be born again. How about that? How about that? He says in verse 6, he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's our first birth. We were born in the flesh. All of us. But in Bible, we were born in the flesh. We were born how? 
What did David say in Psalms 51 and 5? He said, in sin was I conceived. We were born in sin, thanks to Adam. We were born in sin. And the word of God said, sin shall not enter in to heaven. So what, 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 what needs to happen? Here we go. You must be born again. Now, how does that happen? That's the question. How, do, how, do, how, do, how am I born again? How about that? Let's look, at a, let's look at probably one of the greatest verses on that. And, and you guys know it. You guys are really familiar with it. In, in, in Ephesians 2, it talks about the new birth. Paul was talking about the new birth. He says, talking about being born again. He said, for by grace are you saved through faith. How about that? I could probably stop there and preach 45 minutes on what it means to be saved through grace and by faith. And then he says, and not of yourself, okay? Not of yourself. It's not something you can do on your own, okay? It's not something you can do on your own. It is the gift of God, okay? Grace and faith are the gifts of God. He says, not by works, not of works, lest any man should boast. I tell you what, if I could save some folks, I'd be running around here boasting and bragging. Look how many people I didn't save. Look how many people came to the Lord today. I've heard people, I've heard preachers do that. Oh, look, they coming down the aisle. I must have preached good today. Okay. If anybody coming down that aisle after you preached, it is because the message of faith was preached, which activated the spirit of God in that person, and they came to the Lord. Okay. That's it. For by grace are you saved through faith. And I'm going to explain that a little more in detail. But, but look at verse number, number 10. And, and, and I'll just go to number 10 because a lot of times we stop at 8 and 9. But I listened to Jeremy pray today. And, 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 and this is really what he was saying. For we are his workmanship. He saved us for him. Amen. He didn't save us for the world. He saved us out of the world. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in him. I'm going to leave that alone because I want to talk about this, this act of faith. Okay, this I'm going to talk about this faith that we have to have if we're going to be saved. Now, look at Romans. Take with me. We're going to do a lot of Bible today because I want to make sure you understand this. And then afterwards, if you don't understand, if you don't have to hurry up out of here, we're going to sit in the lobby and, and I'll answer some questions and we'll talk some more. And maybe I can learn something, too, from what I taught. Okay, Romans 10, 10, 8, Romans 10, 8. And, 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 and we're talking about the word of faith. Okay. It says, but, but what say it? Romans 10, 8. He says, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. The word of faith, which we preach. We know what Paul preached. He always preached the word of faith. Paul, Paul wasn't, Paul wasn't one of these preachers that just, just talk about anything. He wasn't, he wasn't on the, a whole lot 
we know from his, from his own teaching, he said, well, I preach Christ and him crucified. Okay? Okay. He says in verse 9, he says, that, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Here we go. And believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. How about that? If we believe in our hearts, okay, if we believe in our hearts, under righteousness, and with our mouth confession is made unto salvation, he said, for the scripture have said, verse 11, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Shall not be ashamed when? Shall not be ashamed when we stand before God. Okay? It's appointed unto man what? Once to die, after that, we're going to stand before God. And, 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 and Paul right into the Romans, and he says, listen, Verse 11, verse 12. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto them, unto all who call upon his name. Stay with me. You see, we get this, we get this second class, third class citizen stuff. Paul, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Romans 1.16. He said, I'm not ashamed, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why, Paul? For it is the power of God unto salvation for the Jew first and the Greek. Jesus died for all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, here we go, whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 13 For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. You can't call on to something you don't know nothing about. You can't call me if you don't know my number. Okay? You can't call someone you don't know. You know, if you, you, go to the, you go to the store and you stand in the line at Walmart and another person's kid come up to you and say, hey, mister, can you buy me this? You may feel gracious and if it's like, a, well, they don't even have, you know, nickel candy bars no more. Everything, everything is $1.50, $2 going out the line anymore. You, know, you, don't even want, you don't even want your kids to even go through the line anymore. It's just, you know, you just can't smack them in public like we used to get. We didn't say nothing. <laughs> Kids today, you know, somebody had called 911 on you. Just, you know, but you listen, know, I, I always say my parents would be in jail. We weren't allowed to touch nothing when we went to the store. Amen. Amen. We don't even open your mouth. Oh, I used to hear people say, your kids are so good. And I'd be sitting here, you just don't know. <laughs> Save me. But, but, but for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a big, big, big verse. Because verse 14, Paul, Paul, Paul explains verse 13. He said, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Let's, let's just rest our hat there. Because we got this idea. That the Holy Spirit is going all around churches and zapping people. <laughs> Zap, you're saved. Zap, you're saved. Don't know nothing. Never heard the gospel preached. Matter of fact, the preacher is preaching on, on, on chili hot dogs. On Why you shouldn't eat chili hot dogs and folks coming to the Lord. 
don't work. It don't, see the see the whole. You know, I, I, how, how many of y'all been around? And then you ask somebody, "How are you saved?" And and they have no idea what to say because they don't know how they were saved. And 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 I heard someone tell me once, "Well, you know, I was in church and the preacher was preaching, and 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 the Holy Ghost just leaped on me." There's nothing in the Bible about that. As a matter of fact, matter of fact, there's only one one time where something leaped on a person. Okay. Now, now, there were seven sons of one Skeva. Come on, something leaping on you in church. A Jew and a chief priest, which did so in the evil spirit, answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Y'all know the rest of this. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on him. Ain't nothing leaping on you. The Holy Ghost ain't leaping on you. The Holy Ghost not even going to mess with you. The Holy Ghost is going to have nothing to do with you. Know why? Because the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is activated by faith. If the word of God is not being preached, the Holy Ghost is not coming into your world. That's just word. This is why it's so, it's so important that preachers preach the gospel. Instance, be instant, in season, out of season. You don't know. I don't know who's listening. Some of these, some of these sermons get 100, 200 you know, people listening to them on sermon audio. I don't know who's watching on Facebook. I don't even know everybody in here. Some of me in here be faking it. You can sit in the same seat. You know, you can sit in the same seat. That seat may smell like you, but that don't mean you ever got saved. There's Amen. preachers. There's preachers preaching that haven't been born again. Amen. I told you the story. A man, a missionary came, preached a sermon, and, a, and the preacher of the church that he was preaching at got saved. It happens. Nothing to be ashamed of. Something is really something to rejoice about. Okay. You don't want to be going into heaven, you know, and he's like, Lord, Lord. He said, I never knew you. And I've been preaching for 33 years at the same church. Thousands of people got saved. I did miracles and healings. You know, I, I, I was the number one pastor in the whole town. I never knew you. How's that possible? It happens. Stay with me, verse 14. How should they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him? Who's the him? Jesus. Here's our word. Whom they have not heard. Okay. I stay on that word heard. You know, because, because knowledge, knowledge, knowledge is an element of faith. You can't have faith without knowledge. Okay. Because I got faith. You, faith, faith, faith is consists of knowledge of who Jesus is, what He came to do, when He did it, how He did it. It's all about the resurrection. All that you got to have. You can't believe in Jesus if you don't believe that He was born of a virgin, that He lived a sinless life, that He was crucified on Calvary's cross, that He was buried in a borrowed tomb. 
And then he rose on the third day. People are sitting here like, well, I believe. What do you believe all that? Well, I don't know about the virgin birth. Well, you see? Well, I don't know about the resurrection. I don't, you know, it's, it's I don't, you see? But I'm a Christian. Everybody's a Christian. Everybody's a Christian. But every Christian is born again. Stay with me, please. And how should they believe on him in whom they have not heard? That's interesting. That's interesting. And how should they hear without a preacher? What's the job of a preacher? Okay. I'm not a politician. Okay. I'm not a lawyer. I'm, I'm not a government official. God called me to preach the gospel. Now, outside of here, I can talk about sports a little bit. I can talk about politics a little bit. I can talk about golfing a little bit, fishing a little bit. You know, I watch a little of the Browns over the weekend and stuff like that. But when it gets right down to the real nitty gritty, it's about the gospel. Amen. It's about the gospel. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the job of a preacher. The job of a preacher is to preach the word. How about that? How about that? Watch what Paul says. Watch what Paul said. Y'all stay with me because I had spread out all these scriptures that I wanted to that I wanted to talk about. Watch what Paul says. If I have it, y'all know it. Second, second, First Corinthians chapter two. See if you can find it. Second Corinthians chapter two. First Corinthians chapter two. Here's Paul. Here's Paul explaining his job as a preacher. Okay. Because folks got to get saved. Folks got to get saved. Paul knew that folks gotta, had to get saved, and Paul knew that his time was short. But Paul went to the Corinthian church, which had all the gifts. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, they said, the Bible said they lacked in none of the gifts. They had all the gifts. All the gifts at the time Paul was talking to the Corinthian church, all the gifts were in operations. And they were abusing them. And they were caught up in all the gifts. They got so caught up in all that foolishness that they left the most important thing out and Paul starts his letter to the Corinthians out saying this in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1 he says and our brethren and our brethren talking to these folks as Christians and he said when I came to you he said when I started this church when I came to you when I planted this church he said I didn't come with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God he said I didn't come like that he said, for I determined, he said, for I determined not to know anything among you. Here we go. Save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul, Paul, Paul never gave sermons on tithes. He never, he never would have gave sermons on the 2022 midterms or save Ukraine and Russia. He never would have gave sermons on racism and white supremacists or climate control. He never, no, no, no. Paul wouldn't come into church with that stuff. Uh-uh, he ain't had time for all that. Uh-uh, he wasn't worried. Listen, he wasn't worry about the economy and gas prices. Oh, you know, I'm preaching on gas prices today. He didn't have Fourth of July message. Oh, it's Fourth of July, it's Fourth of July message. No, he didn't have a Labor Day message. Amen. Think about it. I had a preacher have Valentine's Day message. Ain't nothing about ain't, ain't, ain't nothing in the Bible about Valentine's Day or the Fourth of July. And nothing wrong with celebrating it because I do. We ain't got nothing to preach about. Amen. Okay. Stay in the book. 
Stay in the book. Y'all, y'all need to be saying that. You know, you go to some churches and preacher be off the off the shelf. You know, somebody in the crowd needs to say, "Stay in the book, preacher." If I ever get off track like that, they'll holler out. I know y'all would. Stay in the book. Okay. I don't know why they raided Trump's house. Stay in the book. Trump ain't in the Bible. He says, in my speech, in my preaching, was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. How about that? How about that? Enticing words of man's wisdom. Paul ain't had time for that neither. He wasn't trying to sugarcoat nothing. He wasn't trying to get you to think something, you know, that you wasn't. Oh, everybody in here going to heaven. Paul would never said that. You know what he said? Such were some of you. That's what he would have said. That's what he would have said. He said he would say, you know, don't think because you because you've been delivered from, from your homosexuality, you've been delivered from your drinking and your cussing and your fornication and your adulteries and all that. Now you sitting here looking at people funny. Paul said, you know, you don't forget the hole you crawled out of. That's what he really meant. That's how he would have said it. And he, and, he, and and folks don't want to hear that. See, folks don't want to hear the truth. They want to sugarcoat and sweeten up. Paul said, listen, he said, I was with you in weakness and in fear because I knew some of y'all had a pocket full of rocks. Ready to put them out. And he says, in much trembling, I'm I'm, I'm, going to leave Paul alone for a minute. I'm going to go back to to Acts chapter 3, Romans chapter 10. Excuse me. Watch this. Verse 15. He said, how should they preach except they've been sent? How about that? How should they preach except they be sent? And he said, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings, good tidings of good things. You know what he means? The preacher, when the preacher shows up with the gospel of Jesus Christ, is able to save your wretched soul from the pits of hell. And you hear the word of God preached to you in a way so clear, so plain that you can re- embrace it and understand it and receive the spirit of God through faith because you believe what this man is saying. That makes the man beautiful. That's the greatest day of your life. You know, this is the best. The, see, the best day of your life is not the day you got married. It's not the day you had your first child. It's not. The greatest day of your life is the day that you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if, and if the man of God, the, the call by God, preached the gospel to you in a way where you can understand it clearly and know without a shadow of a doubt. There's so many people running around here. You know why there's so many people running around here talking about they can lose their salvation? Because they haven't got it. Uh-huh. They ain't got it. Listen, I don't want no salvation I can lose. Amen. What kind of salvation would that be? I mean, I'm sitting here. I, listen, listen. I told y'all this morning, Sunday school. Ain't nobody got it all together. That's right. But if I thought that I could do something, and instantly I would lose my salvation, what? What kind of God would that be? Seriously, I'm walking around. I listen. I, I'll be, I'll be lost already. I'll be here to tell you. I'll be sitting up here like, hmm, I'm going to hell I'm preaching the gospel. Oh. 
Listen, look at verse 17. I'm going to skip down. He says, so then, this is Paul. He says, so then faith cometh by hearing, period. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourself, it's the gift of God. But faith cometh one way. It cometh by hearing. That's it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, when you bring all the Romans in perspective, it makes sense. Toys, it make sense. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing what? Not no nonsense. Okay? By hearing the word of God. By hearing the word of God. That's how faith comes. It don't come by hearing junk. It don't come by hearing crazy talk. Or political forum or, or all that. No, no, it comes by hearing the gospel. Amen. That's it. That's what Paul is saying. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How about that? Amen. Titus 1, 3 says this. He says, but having due times manifested his word. How? Paul, through preaching. <laughs> through preaching. So I hear people say, ah, you don't need to go to church. You may not need to. Speak for yourself. I need to go to church. I need to go to church. I need to go to church. Listen, I just know I need to go to church. Okay. Let me, let, me show, let me give you two examples of how faith cometh by hearing. Okay. Two examples. Familiar stuff. Acts 16. Turn to Acts 16. Follow me. If you could follow me in the Bible, it makes it, it really makes it so much more interesting. And so much, you get such a better understanding. And in Acts 16, 13, we, we know the story. We know this story, but 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 I want you to really get it. Because once once you talk about faith coming by hearing, like I said, the, the Holy Spirit ain't floating around. It ain't just floating around. Looking for people to land on and say, oh, well, you're saved today. Congratulations. This is not like the price is right. <laughs> the spirit of God is not landing on you unless you have the faith to believe. And the only way you're going to get the faith is by what? Hearing. So if you ain't heard nothing, don't expect nothing. Amen. Oh, God. Amen. I don't want to be. I just want to keep it plain. Acts 16, 13. Look at this. And on the Sabbath, he went into the city by a riverside. Now, we know the story. The Holy Spirit sent Paul to Macedonia for a specific reason. Okay? He said, where prayer was being made, was want to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted there. Now, the women were at the riverside because in the Jewish tradition, you had to have a certain number of men before you could start a church. You couldn't even have a church started with women. Well, you can do it today. You, you, I, I've been to churches where the whole, the whole, the whole pulpit full of women. They say, you want to come up past you want to come up in the pulpit? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'll meet them at the riverside. In a certain woman named Lydia. Now, this woman named Lydia was the leader of the, of the group. Okay, and a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, means she has some money. And she used her resources to 
to try to, to teach the word of God. She didn't know the word of God. She was a, what they called a Jewish proselyte, meaning she only knew the God that didn't have a son named Jesus. OK, she knew the God that didn't have a son named Jesus, who had who didn't have a son who died on the cross, who didn't have a son who rose from the grave. She knew the God of the Jewish people. OK, some people say, well, better than no God at all. Well, I'm not going to go that far. But OK, now watch, watch. She worshiped God. See, 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 she was worshiping the wrong God. See, a lot, a lot of people would just, you know, see, Paul wasn't like everybody. See, a lot of people say, well, you know, you know, you, you, you get Rick Warren or something, you know, he called it Chrislam. He called it Chrislam. He said, well, Christians in Islam, they both serve the word saying God. That's a lot from the pits of hell. Islam don't have nothing to do with Jesus. Okay. Islam teaches that Allah has no son. If you go over there and write on the thing, you say Allah has no son. So really what Islam say about Christianity is it's a lie from the pits of hell. Because all our faith is based on Jesus Christ as the son of God. Amen. Okay? Amen. So they know Islam. So when, when Paul met this woman at the well, watch this, it's fascinating, because I think it's more into the story than, than meets the eye. But it says, which worship God. They was worshiping the wrong God. That's offense to Paul. Paul was troubled by that. But it didn't stop him. You know what the next words say? Heard us. How about that? Heard us. Paul, Paul went in there and, 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 and preached the gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of God, of Jesus Christ. And it says, he, she, he, she heard us. What did she hear? She heard the gospel. Amen. Y'all know why I'm here. Y'all know what got me to this church. I never shared this with y'all before. City, no, because me and City was sitting there. We looked at each other at the same time. We was at a church before we came here. And the pastor stood up in the, in, in the, in the church. He said, for the, next, for the next five weeks, I'm going to be preaching out of the book by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. I looked over at City. I'm like, you got 66 books. You gonna preach to me at church? I, I mean, I can see you gonna do this at your house. You wanna have a little Tuesday night, and you are gonna talk about the five love languages. But I, 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 on Sunday morning, I need to hear the gospel. Amen. I need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, death, burial, and resurrection. I wanna hear it. I wanna hear it. I don't care if you have to repeat it over and over and over. I don't care. Be like what Whitefield. He preached John three sixteen three hundred fifty times. They said, John, why are you preaching so much? He said, people need to hear it. Amen. People need to hear it. How about that? Five love languages on Sunday morning. Nobody want to hear that. Nobody want to hear that. Nobody Lydia heard? She heard us. How about that? She heard us. Paul says she heard us. And when we, Paul said he heard us, you know what all, all Paul's entourage was teaching? Jesus Christ and him crucified. How about that? How do I know? Because Paul said, I was, I'm determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's it. Remember the little, the little demonic girl who was following Paul around? Even the demon got it right. She said, these men, these men teach the way of salvation. 
And she kept saying it. She kept saying it. And Paul finally cast the he demon out of the little girl. Because he didn't want a demon. He didn't want a demon giving him kudos. Hmm. Now when she heard us, that word heard mean not only did she hear us, but she, she embraced what we were saying. She heard us. She understood us. She embraced what we were saying. And then God did what? He opened her heart. Whose heart the Lord opened. After what? She heard us. See? She heard us. She heard us. One more. Let me give you one more. Let me give you one more person who God opened their heart after she heard about Paul, about God. In Mark 5. In Mark 5. Now, now Matthew and, and Luke don't say this. Mark is unique in saying this about the woman with the issue of blood. Okay. In Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Watch what it says. And it says, it says, when, and when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, my little daughter, lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and shall live. And Jesus went with him. He's on his way to Jairus' house. And much people followed him and thronged him in a, here we go, a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. She had it. She had it right at this point in the lesson. She had an issue of blood. She had it. I'm going to stay with her long. Okay. And has suffered many things of many physicians and has spent all that she had and was nothing better. But rather grew worse. How about that? How about that? See, they had bad doctors 2,000 years ago. Verse 27, here's where it gets good. Here's where it gets good. Because somebody, somebody went to that woman with this issue and told her about Jesus. Told her what he came to do. Why he came to do, when he came to do, how he had been healing everybody, how he may possibly had healed that person that he was talking to her. She learned of him. She believed and trusted in him. And then, and then she put her faith in action. Uh -huh. How about that? Faith is an action word. And she put her faith in action. And let's get back to the story. And when she heard of Jesus, here we go, she, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. How about that? Now watch what happens. Watch what happens. For she said, if I may just touch, but it's closed. I shall be whole. She touched his clothes. She touched his clothes. How? With the touch of faith. Okay? And straightway the fountain of her blood dry was dried up and she felt her body, felt in her body that it was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing that Knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? 
How about that? Power had left out of the son of God. And he knew it immediately. And he said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude throng in thee and says, thou who touched me. And he looked around to see her that had done this thing. Now watch, what he, watch this now. Watch this. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing that what was done to her came and fell before him. Now watch. Watch. This is key. And told him all the truth. How about that? She told him how, how her faith, how her faith was established, how he, how she trusted in him, how she learned about him, what she believed about him. She told him everything. And then she said, yeah, when I, when I realized that you was the real deal, I came to you and touched you. How about that? She touched him with the what? The touch of faith. She touched him with the touch of faith. Now watch. Watch what Jesus says to her. And he said unto her, how about that? Daughter. How about that? Daughter. How about that? Daughter. Thy faith. I like that. Thy faith have made thee whole. How about go in peace? Go in peace. Go in peace. Go in peace. Your faith have made thee whole. So we look at. Amen. We look at this. Being born again. I'm going to give you one more scripture. I'll let you go. Because I, I want you to get this. I want, I want you to get this. I want you to get it so that you can share it. I want you to get it so you can share it. These, these three powerful verses. Romans 10 all the way from 8 to 20. First Peter. First Peter. Turn to First Peter 1 and 18. This is fab. This is to see. I, I get all excited. I'm like, I, I, you know, I wonder if they excited as I am. I just get all juiced up. I love this stuff. First Peter 1. First Peter 1, 18. This is this is fascinating. I've heard it preached before and I've studied it before. We've studied it before. I, 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 I don't know. Somebody in here might have preached this. But 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 watch what he says. Because we want to know, I want to answer the question. I want, to know, I want y'all to know y'all born again. I don't want nobody running around here talking about, I don't know if I'm born again. I want you to be able to ask somebody, somebody a Christian come up to you and say, well, I'm a Christian. I want you to have a boldness to say, what happened? Because that's important. That's important. You know, it may, you may think, oh, that's offensive. Just let them be. Let them be. That's, that's, that's cruel. That's cruel to somebody to come to you and say, I'm a Christian, without you saying, well, how did you become a Christian? If I told y'all I was a multimillionaire, you wouldn't want to see my portfolio. Well, how are you multimillionaire? Tell me, how did you make that money? Because I ain't seen you do nothing. And you run around here always begging and broke. See? Two don't go together. Somebody, somebody tell you I'm a millionaire. You want to see it. First Peter 1.18, watch this. This is fabulous. I'm going to let y'all go, seriously. I don't want to, but I am. He said, for much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Your money ain't going to save you. Michael Jordan, LeBron, Tiger, they all billionaires. You know what? Guess what? 
You ain't taking that with you. You ain't taking that with you. I was reading about Prince. Left all that money. Family fighting over all that money. Rita Frank left all that money. Family still fighting over her money. You, you, money don't save you. Amen. I, I'm, I'm not saying you should want to run around here. I want to be broke all the time. That broke don't save you neither. Okay? But you're not saved by corruptible things. That's what the scripture saying. He said, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. From your vain conversations received by the traditions of your fathers. Listen, listen. All Jake's babies, if he end up having 10 of them, ain't none of them going to be saved because Jake's saved. Y'all understand what I'm saying? They all going to have to get it. This is a personal thing. Okay? He says, he's he not, not saved by the tradition of your father. I hear people go, oh, you know, my father was a preacher. That don't mean nothing. Mama, my grandmama was a preacher. Granny was a preacher. Mama was a preacher. Mama was a Christian. Excuse me, they weren't preachers. They was Christians. You ain't born into this. You ain't born a Christian. You, 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 Creedy got to get saved. You live, with, you live with a preacher all your life. I don't mean you're going to heaven with him. That's right. I hope y'all getting this. Now watch, 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 watch. He said, for as much as you know, you weren't redeemed with corruptible things. Things that corrupt silver and gold. Your vain conversation, empty conversation. That's what vain means, empty, meaningless conversation. Okay? Received by the traditions of your fathers. Here's how you were saved. Here's how you were saved. Peter going to put it all in perspective. Here's how you were saved. But, but with the precious blood of Christ. How about that? With the precious blood of Christ as a lamb. Now see where the faith is starting to come in at? As a lamb without Blemish, sinless. John 1 29, behold, the Lamb of God which cometh to take away the sins of the world. How about that? He was a he was without blemish and without spot. This is talking about our Savior. Without blemish, without spot. How about that? You believe that? Better? Got to. You got to believe it. And if you believe it, you ain't believing it on your own. If you believe that, you believe it by faith. That means you have studied the scripture. You, you've examined the scriptures. You've asked questions about what this, is, what this means. And you've come to the conclusion that the Bible is the word of God. Hmm. Hmm. Verse 20. Who, what, who, who verily was ordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest, what manifest means, was seen in these last days or these last times for you. Look at that. Look at the word of God. God didn't come here for himself. He didn't die on the cross for himself. He was without spot or blemish. He died for you and me. That's it. 
That's what the scripture is saying. Who verily was ordained, foreordained, excuse me, foreordained before the foundation of the world. In the beginning was what? But was manifest in these last times for you. How about that? For us. How about that? Now watch. Who by him do believe in God. Who by him do believe in God. You know why we believe in God? Because of what Jesus Christ did. Amen. We believe in God because of what Jesus Christ did. We believe in God because Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose from the grave. We believe in, we believe in God because for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Amen. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what we believe. We believe. Because we know we need a savior. And because the scriptures have revealed to mankind that we need a savior. And you walking around here thinking, I don't need a savior. I don't need to be saved. I don't believe in hell. Well, okay. Have at it. You're going to find out. Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory. Why? That your faith, here we go, your faith and hope might be in God. What if he don't rise? If he don't rise, guess what? We all most miserable. We just wasted our time if he don't rise. But he rose. And he rose. And you know why he rose? In our minds, because God gave us the faith to believe he rose. A lot of people don't believe he rose. A lot of people don't believe nothing about the Bible. But God has called us by grace. How about that? That is why we ought to be, that, ought, that is why we ought to be the most praise, praiseworthy, worshiping folks there ever was. Because when we didn't do nothing, Amen. God did it all. Amen. God did it all. He saved us. He died for us. He did it all. And he ain't do it for everybody. Hmm. He died for everybody. I'm going to get to verse 23. I'm going to get to verse 23. I am. Verse 22, watch this. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the spirit unto an unfaked love of the brethren. How about that? See that you love one another with a pure heart. That's that's see see when he said love the brother. That's your evidence. You know when when you come to a church and you see friction and division and all that kind of stuff. That's that's that's, that's proof that you ain't got what you think you got. Amen. You ought to love you ought to love those folks that love that love the Lord. You are as Christians we all love everybody that love the Lord. Those are our brothers. Last verse. Amen. Verse 23. How about this? Here's our words. Being born again. Being born again. How? Not of corruptible seed. No. Not of corruptible seed. Not, not by somebody that's up here just saying stuff. Uh-huh. Just talking. Somebody say talking loud and saying nothing. No, no. That word of God has to be preached. The word of God is that incorruptible. Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. How, Paul? How, Paul? Excuse me, Peter. He says, by the word of God. Now we go right back to Paul in, in Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God, being being saved by 
incorruptible seed. The word of God is incorruptible, which liveth and abideth forever. How about that? Which liveth and abideth forever and ever and ever. I'm I'm, I'm going to close. Thank you all for being patient. Thank you all for being patient. I hope you all understand what it means to be born again. I just thought it was so important. Such an important question. Such an important question. In a world gone crazy. And everybody a Christian. Everybody ain't Christians. Somebody tell you a Christian, help them. Help them. Help them. Ask them, how did they become a Christian? I used to do that with the kids when I worked at the prison. They're all Christians. I had to, do a, I had to go around doing an assessment on every person that came into that prison. And, I, and as a religious person, I said, are you, a, what, what, are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. How did you become a Christian? You see, you see, like I look at a ghost. Well, you know, my grandma was a Christian. I got baptized when I was three years old. I was sprinkled. How did you become a Christian? You got to know. I was born again from above by incorruptible seed. I heard the word of God. I, I, I questioned the word of God. I, I got to where I understood the word of God as true. And, and by faith, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You ain't, you ain't receiving Christ. You don't hear that word. And I say here. I, when I, anytime you hear me say here, I mean to understand. Not just in one ear and out the other. Not like that.